0: I'm a fan of the play, 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 I'm a fan para la playa, a <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Sugar Free Podcast, <laughs> Uh, I am your host, Millie Milliliter. <laughs> I wanna welcome. I was welcome not back. expecting that. <laughs> Me neither. I just do stuff. It's I just do. I just do what like comes to my spirit, and that's what my spirit has right now. It has calma. Um yeah. Welcome back, Steph Addis. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> oh, just like, hello. Are you there? Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. I love when you guys come on. It's so much fun because I get to talk to people and not to just myself and the audience. So you know, here we are. Um, man, what a week! So I I can't even keep track of the days anymore, or what happens, or the updates. But um, I guess let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping. Um, stimulus checks went out this week. Weird. Did you guys get your checks?
1: Yes. I did awesome. not. <laughs> Dang, have you not okay. done your taxes yet?
2: I have. I got my refunds, but I didn't get my stimulus check.
0: Dang yo! Why? I will send all my prayers and well wishes. Are you to the balling? IRS <laughs> I think so that that is to treasure the balling.
1: <laughs> <That's why. laughs> what
2: kind of balling? Like the crying balling or balling cause I have
1: <laughs> You have too <laughs> have much balling. Money. And you're like it doesn't I'm matter both. which one. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of both.
0: Yeah. A little bit of both. <laughs> um, it's funny because, like, <laughs> it's funny because I guess like people really feel like it's like a tax return. It's like, no, my dog, pay
1: your bills, bro. Like, just... <laughs> You have you seen how like all these companies are like, oh, brand new cell, buy this for. Oh, uh, like eleven $1, hundred ninety-nine, and I'm like, oh my god, no! They're no. literally targeting people to spend their money. There was a, a jeep <laughs> 100, 100. a jeep advertising like twelve hundred down for your brand new car, and I'm wow. like, wow, oh wow,
0: wow! Yeah, that's so bro-y. Like, yeah. Okay, so I thought Apple was bad because you know apple like dropped the information about the new iphone yeah this week like I'm yesterday. Like, really yeah that's what you're gonna do and, oh. and there's and i love how they're like yeah a cheaper iphone i'm like where was this cheaper iphone last time you guys released new iphones <laughs> <laughs> when the iphones were like twelve hundred dollars
1: <laughs> yeah these companies have no shame
0: no shame. I, I, I'm kind of annoyed with Apple about that. Um, I'm annoyed with Apple slash UPS, actually, for a different reason this week. Uh, <laughs> so how about I ordered a charger because I had two chargers and suddenly my two chargers disappeared in this house. And there's only two people in this home, including myself. <laughs> and the other person, aka my mom, was like, Oh no, I only have one charger and it's mine. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure it's not, but okay. So, to avoid the classic family quarrel over iPhone chargers, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to order a new one altogether, whatever. And then, you know, me trying to be socially distant, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to order what I can order online to not go to the store. So I ordered this thing online. It says, oh, yeah, it's going to take like three or four days to get here. I'm like, okay, I can I can hold out. And then um, like, the sh- you know, like when you do the tracking, the tracking was getting weird on Wednesday, like supposedly it was out for delivery on Wednesday. And then it just never got here. And then the tracking was just like, oh, yeah, check back later for updates. And I'm like, what? So then yesterday, Thursday, I go back and it's like out for delivery again. And I'm like, bro, when is this church you going to get here? And then like around seven, I was like, let me check the update. Like, let me see what it says. And it says delivered. You guys don't know how many times I went outside to to recheck for this package. (laughs) They this package never got here, and they claim they delivered it. Yeah, Mm, super shady. And then when you see where it was delivered, for some reason it was delivered to Doral. It doesn't say the address in Doral, but it just says Doral, Florida. And I'm like, so you had to steal my iPhone charger? You couldn't go to the gas station and buy a $5 one? You had to take mine?
1: (laughs) Wait, so it got delivered to the wrong address? I can only assume. So why are they saying that it got dropped off in the right address? That is what
0: they're currently investigating. And so... Oh my God. So Yeah, like FedEx told me that they're going to investigate. And then Apple told me that they're going to investigate with FedEx. And then they're like, yeah, and whatever, when we figure it out. And then, oh, we can, like, see something about sending a new one. I was like, no, just give me... I was so rude, because I, I was really mad. Like, I was like, no, just give me a refund, please. Because I am charging three phones in this house with one cable. And I needed this charger yesterday. So I'm just going to go to the store and buy it, and buy it in person. She, and the lady was like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. And then... um. Like, she was, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you'll get an email with, like, the update on your refund. I was, like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm really annoyed. <laughs> I'm just, like, how could you, FedEx?
1: How could you? A shipping flop. Yeah. Such a flop. Such
0: a flop.
1: Such a weird one, too. All the way in Like,
0: how the do you round. mess that up? Doral, bro.
1: Then maybe know. if
2: there was like an identical address they just got the city wrong sometimes that happens
0: but in the route there's no southwest <laughs> is the problem <laughs> yeah, no, no excuse <laughs> like or I tried or is there a southwest <laughs> in the route well there is a southwest but it's not the address <laughs> like yeah that's
1: that's that's weird
2: Are they trying to shut down the US Postal Service? Yep. What's going on with that?
0: There's um it's like a lack of funding.
2: This is garbage.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't exactly know what's gonna happen. Because I'm like don't people need their mail?
1: Yeah, but they're trying to (laughs) they're trying to privatize it to get UPS and FedEx to become like the standard and the reason Why people are upset about it is because, you know, they're trying to push for voters to just vote from home. Mm. And um, that means that the Republicans are most likely to lose because that means that people don't no longer have the problem of having to go somewhere to vote and like lose time. So that means that all the minorities that in general don't vote can actually do it now and they don't want that. So they're trying to get rid of the post office. And in retaliation, oh what people are doing is buying a bunch of stamps because people are like, if half of America buys stamps, they, they will create like a revenue of like $1.3 billion that will keep them afloat. So if you've been seeing that people are buying post like stamps from the post office, it's in, in, in order to help them out. Oh, because I, wish I would have known that when I went the other day, like yeah, no. Apparently, like they crashed the site because of how many people were going. <laughs> uh, I was shopping. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. It's like there are people here. It's just that for some reason we're they're just quiet. Like they're just you know. But then again, you know, the loudest person always gets the attention. So right. What an interesting act of defiance. I will probably go buy some stamps sometime yeah, this week because the, the CARE Act and every other funding that is coming out um, has no money for the post office so these people are literally on their own and apparently Trump was saying that he wouldn't sign any act if the post office was included so he's doing this wow. on purpose so
0: like, <laughs> it's such a strange like It's such a strange thing to hear about, like, specifically, like, people want to, like, spar with the post office.
1: Yeah, and also because the post office is one of the few places that still has a union, and they're also trying to get rid of that, so. Ah. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's an attack. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first, guys. Buy
0: some stamps, man. Buy some stamps. Um... Yeah, because I know that um, I had heard, like, before all of this was happening, there was, like, major issues between the post office and Amazon. Because, you know, like, the post office, they were delivering, for a while, they were delivering some Amazon, like, some of the smaller Amazon packages, too. But then they stopped. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Amazon, FedEx, and UPS are definitely trying to privatize it. Um, Man, I don't have time for that. But, you know, you you lose a lot. like, And people don't realize that.
0: And I love snail mail. So, I definitely, like, will go buy stamps because I use them. Like, nope. I definitely use them.
1: Does it sound weird?
0: Hold on, wait. Did that just sound weird?
1: Yeah, it sounded like or FBI agent was listening in. I'm For talking. sure.
2: And an FBI agent is a duck.
0: <laughs> he also <laughs> hates the post office, apparently. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, bro. Hold on. Something, I, uh, you know, that was brought up to me by Yusuf that I should mention. And, yeah, let's mention it. Yo, F Amazon, first of all. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> I don't care if I've been a loyal Amazon customer for years. F Amazon. You know why? Because um, so guys, if you have an Amazon account, I highly suggest you constantly monitor your bank account to see what Amazon is charging you. I'll tell you why. Um, As you guys know, I, I've been watching that series Dirty Money on Netflix which is really good highly recommend 5 out of 5 well 4 out of 5 some of the episodes are kind of like meh but um, most of them are pretty good but basically um, <laughs> our FBI agent's like ooh let me go write that down But basically, you know, it like just talks about different money scandals, you know, like these different big corporations that just have screwed people over and whatever. And so that made me just like very like cognizant, like, yeah, man, I gotta watch out for what these people like tried to charge me. So I noticed that Amazon, I, I was getting charged for Amazon Digital. And I was like, wait a minute, I keep seeing this Amazon Digital. But I just assume, like like many people, you know, you see, like, Amazon charges. You're like, yeah, I buy stuff on Amazon all the time so you don't think twice. But something caught my eye about that charge. Turns out they had been charging me for, for like, Amazon Digital is the department that covers Audible, which is the audiobooks, and Comixology, which is the comic book platform. And these people have been charging me for like a year. (laughs) And so I literally like hit up Amazon, like, Hey, what is this charge? And they explained it to me. And I'm like, why am I being charged that I never signed up for that. And then they were like, okay, we can initiate a refund. I was like, no, no, no. How long have you been charging me? That's the main thing, right? I asked them how long had they been charging me? And they told me when the subscription started, supposedly, I was like, okay, I want the entire refund. Don't just refund me one month, the month I caught it. Refund me this whole time that you've been charging me, right? So then the next week, I see another Amazon charge. And I'm like, wait a minute. I haven't, I haven't ordered anything on Amazon this week, that particular week, right? Because I like, order Amazon all the time. And it was, like, for a lot, like $13. And it said Prime Video. But as we all know, Prime is a free service as part of Amazon. So I was like, okay, let me hit up Amazon again and ask them what this Prime Video is. Because I was like, maybe one of the 5 million people that use my Amazon account accidentally, like, ordered a movie with my card or something. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been a lot of different things. And I was, like, maybe me clicking around, I accidentally, like, bought a movie. You know what I mean? But I couldn't find, like, any receipts for it or anything. So I hit up Amazon, and they're, like, oh, yeah, that's for HBO and for CBS. I'm, like, HBO and CBS? Like, I've never signed up for that. And they had been, char- they had been charging me that for, like, three months. And because I was like, how long have you guys been charging me? Oh, yeah, this month. And I was like, "Okay, I want the entire refund. And they give it to you with no problem. Amazon, you ask for a refund, you will get your money back. And this makes me feel like they do this shit on purpose just to see who doesn't catch it. So check out your Amazon Like or not check out your Amazon. Check your bank accounts and make sure that you're getting charged correctly by Amazon, guys. That's my PSA. I'm gonna get down from this soapbox now. (laughs) Welcome to my thank you for
1: coming to my TED talk.
0: (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Monitor your yeah, bro. Amazon can be like, I have a feeling they do that because you know they make so much money they don't
1: care about giving me a refund. You know what I mean? Yeah, but imagine imagine if like 1 million people get charged $14. dollars mm-hmm. And they don't notice.
0: That that's up month. quickly. A month, bro, a month. Like, yeah. They're fresh. They are freshy fresh. Like I just was like wow. And um And the thing is, you know, I had already had that experience prior to this time um, with Amazon Germany charging me for like two years for a separate for a separate account for what what supposedly was a separate account. And I was like, no. (laughs) And it took me, like, the longest time to figure out how to get in contact with these people. Because they were like, no, you have to contact Amazon Germany. And I'm like, I don't speak German and my phone doesn't dial out to internet. So what the hell? <laughs> but yeah. So, F Amazon. That's so random. That's it so is random. random. But I'm, pre- I'm sure they make so much money doing that. Like, so much money uh, that's disappointing yeah so yeah because like that cbs and hbo i was like i know i didn't subscribe to hbo and the only reason i know i didn't subscribe to it is because i used prime to watch curb your enthusiasm and Veep, and i can't watch the episodes because i don't have hbo and i refuse to pay I'm like, well, I guess I'm only watching season
1: one. <laughs> I know. Did you hear that HBO is giving beep uh, for free, right? All of it? The new episodes? I think so. I think this, that's one of the few uh, series that they're letting, that they're giving out for free oh for Oh my people. God. I
0: freaking love beep. It's such a good sh- That show's hilarious. Like, have you guys watched it?
1: No, it's, I haven't.
0: It's funny. Like, it's just really funny. And then, you know, it's HBO. Some so witness. lots of F-bombs and stuff. And you're like, I'm pretty sure this is how these people talk behind closed doors. For real. Definitely. It's so good. <laughs> but um, in other news, the big news today here in Florida. Is that <laughs> some of our beaches are opening back up again. I'm super curious to see how it's going to work out. Um, I know Jacksonville is one of the beaches that's opening. But it's so funny because my friend was telling me about how um, they're putting like like the restriction that they're doing is like the times that you can go to the beach and they, of course, pick like weird times, like the weirdest times, to 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 be able to go. So basically, it's like you can go between like six a.m. and I think eleven a.m. and then five to eight p.m. And I was like, "Yo, if they were to do that here in Miami, I would like Yo Mandrugo, bro. I would wake up super early to go to the beach." <laughs> For the first time (laughs) in my life, I'll do it not for work. That's how dedicated I am to this. You're funny. But, um, so, yeah, so some of the people up north are going to be able to go to the beach. I know a lot of people are very angry about it. I think it's good. Sometimes you just need to, like, despejar la mente. They have to be safe though. Like, that's the thing.
1: It's gonna be, it's, it, this is, I think they're testing it. They're like, yeah, okay. yeah. let's see. Like let's see how many people come back in two weeks. It's like, oh, a massive spike in coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep,
0: let let me tell you something. If there are any Floridians listening to this that have access to beaches now, Let me tell you something. Y'all better be on your best behavior because the world, (laughs) the country is looking at you to see if the rest of us can get our beaches back. And we want our beaches back. So please observe social distancing at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's all I ask. That's all I ask for you guys. I feel like we are in school for real. Like, please, you know when you have, like, that one little badass kid in your class that you're like, please, shut up. Like, please. Like, we are trying to go on this field trip. (laughs) Like, please. So, so yeah, Floridians, don't be so Florida all the time. I
1: don't know. Because, you know. Sounds like you're trying to take their freedom. Man, definitely <laughs> certain.
0: I just feel like news vans are going to go park at the beach now to see what I, kind I of
1: promise they're you. the ones who planned it.
2: They wanted a beach they, day. they want a beach
0: day, <laughs> one. And they want to catch
1: all the weirdest people at the beach at any given time. I'm telling you, they're testing that. That's going to be like, let's see.
2: Mhm. But beach characters are some of my favorite characters of all time. Like, they're so kooky. Like, where else would you see those people? Like, if I saw one of those people in the supermarket, I would feel <laughs> uncomfortable. But at the beach, I'm like, no, it's okay.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. If you go to the supermarkets close to the beach, you're like, Oof. oh, my God. It's only acceptable because
0: we're close no, to the beach. I, like, oh my god. Okay, so like in Hollywood or in Hallandale, that Walmart that's like right by the beach is so weird. It's like a very weird mix of people at that Walmart. Yeah, man. Too it's, close. Too close. Yeah. Um <laughs> as as someone who had who spent who in her youth spent massive amounts of time at the beach with beach people it's not pretty it's not pretty it's the weirdest people ever that you and they're all Florida like Florida people who end up on the news for sure <laughs> like oh my god i could tell you guys stories For days about like the weird beach people that used to be in my presence at one point it was Mm -hmm.
1: girl you
0: (laughs) you already know you already know and like you know of course each beach has its um
1: has its like type right because like the south (laughs) isn't there a song called that's my type That's the Miami Beach. The (laughs) The the sweetie, the sweetie son. That's not tight. That's not tight.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, like the South Beach people have like a little bit more, like, are a little bit, like, slightly more refined. Like, South Beach is like a mix. (laughs) Uh, No, like, South Beach is like the weird mix of like celebrities and then old Jewish people. And then, of course, us. (laughs) But then you go up to like Broward, and you go to like Hallandale Beach or like Hollywood Beach. Oof! There's all the Canadians. So many Canadians. (laughs) So many Canadians. Um. Yeah. So many Canadians. Lots of Russians too. Yes.
1: Um. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the weird
1: American beach people. Literally the only Russian I've known lived in Hollandale and Sunny Isles. (laughs) I've
0: never, I don't know if I ever have
1: like known a Russian.
0: I don't think.
1: I met one. He was funny. I asked him once and was like, "Are you a spy?" And he just shrugged and walked what? away. <laughs> unsettling. That's a little unsettling.
0: He's just like, "Maybe I am. Maybe I am." Who knows? Pretty much. Um
2: he, he hates you. He's like, "God damn, I hate
1: these Like <laughs> I don't remember why we were talking about it, but he was like, are you? And he was like, mm-hmm. and he destroys his life away. I was like, like, <laughs> gotta go do my spy activities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I've met Russian people because, like, um, so, you know, like, I have a Polish friend who used to live down here, and so she introduced me to this Russian East uh, European market and so I every like I used to go there more often but every so often I would like show up there to get like Russian snacks and Russian beer because <laughs> it was like they and and oh because at that store they sell like they sell like all the, like the German chocolate too so like the Milka and like the Kinder eggs that you like now it's more common but back then it was like really hard to find so I would go up there and like legit stack up on chocolate <laughs> and like cookies, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. So the beach is a weird place. So yeah, Floridians, please be on your best behavior this week, so that the rest of us can get out of time out. Um, and then that's also to the Miamians, though. Like, Miamians, once we do get the beaches, please don't show out. Like, don't show out. <laughs> don't do the thing. Just, you know, do your little family thing. You know, pack your spaghetti to go to the beach. And, and like, just be chill. And, like, don't be weird about it. It's not spring break. I know we're all mad about missing spring break, but we definitely have to be on our best behavior so we can get some of our activities back.
1: This is going to be interesting to see. I'm super curious.
0: <laughs> I'm very curious. I'm very curious. So, yeah. So, um...
2: everybody, anybody who's been in public school in Miami-Dade knows that this plan is going up and yep.
1: <laughs> We're failing this test. Yeah. <laughs> we're not passing. No, we're not. This... <laughs> but it's still fun to look this at. This might be okay.
0: Yeah. It might be fine.
1: It might be fine. You're like the dog meme. You're just like, this is fine. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Everything's fine. fine.
0: I just feel like... I don't know I just feel like if when you go to the beach on a normal non-holiday weekend yeah like there's a lot of people but you're it's not like so full that you can't find a space in the sand to be away from people you know what I mean yeah and so I don't know (laughs) Now the problem is we're heading into May and it's about to be Memorial Day weekend. Oh yeah, no, we're not getting anything open. If anything, more things are gonna shut down. Right. This is my theory about (laughs) Memorial Day weekend. Okay, for you guys who don't know, Memorial Day weekend down here in Miami Beach, it gets super packed because it's quote Urban Beach Weekend, right? Here's the problem with Urban Beach Weekend urban beach weekend like now it's, it. well spring break is starting to turn like that um usually gets targeted by a high police presence and usually police instigate a lot of shit and it's a it's a very racist thing that happens like i've had situations happen to me and I wasn't even participating in Urban Beach Weekend. I just like happened to be around, and like r- the wrong place, wrong type. Um. Wow. Right. Uh, wow. I don't know why. Like my tongue got tied. Wrong place, wrong time. Wow. That took so long for me to say but yeah so like and you know I felt like I was like me and the person I was with like I felt like we were targeted because we looked like we didn't live on the beach type of thing so yeah and like Miami Beach in the past few years has done some practice has done certain things to try to drive out Urban Beach Weekend and so far they're unsuccessful so (laughs) So there's that <laughs> I don't think urban beach weekend is gonna happen this year only because this is my wow. theory, right? Like I tell you guys, yeah, like I wanna figure out a way to have access to the water, and like you know i like I believe like the cur- like the curfews that they have in certain places are not that serious, and like you'll be fine if you just happen to be like driving through an area. But me, personally, as a black person, I'm like, I need to be careful because I don't need to give the police an extra reason to come and talk to me. And I think that a lot of people might be cognizant of that. And I'm pretty sure Urban Beach Weekend is not going to go down Yeah, because of so that, because it's like, why, why, why do the thing? But, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they won't give us the beaches until June. Maybe they'll be like, you know what? Let's pass Memorial Day and then we'll just head straight into summer and call it.
1: Honestly, that's probably what they're gonna do.
0: So there's that road trip, anybody? Jackson. (laughs) I'm just like, let's just drive to somewhere. And go to the beach um yeah i don't know i'm like how are you guys feeling about this like uh this social distancing um and like the current state of affairs like as far as like corona goes Not all at once. Like, (laughs) anybody? Just sucks. Okay. Hot take. It sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here here first. It sucks. Add it.
2: I'm mostly okay with it. I was telling my friend this is probably an unpopular belief, but if We were like, if social distancing were uh, taken out tomorrow, I would be a little butthurt about it. Like, if everything was fixed tomorrow, I'd be mad because I still want some time to myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely am like the opposite. Where I'm like, well, well, I mean, like, for instance, if they start like (laughs) opening stuff, I like, I'd still be very weary but i think you know you just like are aware like situationally aware of your surroundings and like what you're doing you know what i mean like now we're just more aware so it's like hopefully people will still be careful but definitely once stuff starts opening other places and i can like fly somewhere i will be flying for sure like
2: (laughs) i was reading about that um so you know how there's different places uh I mean different places have different mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. and regulations for this virus. So maybe we won't even get to go to the places we want to go, you know? Just because they're being more cautious and absolutely. Apprehensive about the- I have a friend matter.
0: who was supposed to go to the Grand Canyon and ended up canceling their trip uh cuz yeah there's like too many like like too many of like the parks were closed like yeah there were there were some parks that were open but it's just like very very um inconsistent so and then as like right now like things are changing day to day so it's hard to plan ahead and be like okay well next week I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon I'm going to hike and then I'm going to go to like Bryce or whatever because it's like yeah by next week things could change drastically (laughs) that's true yeah so yeah I'm you know I'm biding my time planning my vacations I've got like three different vacations planned already (laughs) I'm ready to go (laughs) That's good, man.
2: My only issue is like, um, I don't like um, structure too much. In general, I- I'll like a loose plan. Like, if someone were to tell me, um, you should, you should go and get some sun sometime this week. I'll be like, yeah, that sounds nice. But if someone were to tell me, like, go get some sun on Thursday, I'd be like, what? no, you,
0: <laughs> you thought be right. like no. And now I'm gonna stay inside.
2: Yeah, I hate. I hate structure. Yeah, don't tell me exactly when. Like, you can give me some loose structure, but not anything specific. And um, during the quarantine, it seems like my days are starting to become more and more structured. And I'm just, like, getting a little bored. Yeah. And I don't like
0: it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. It's funny, because, like, I think for me, like, the structure has been so important. (laughs) Like. To keep myself sane. Like, just to feel, like, because the structure, like, I guess makes me feel like, like, it gives me, like, a little bit of a feeling of normalcy. So I'm just like, yep, okay, still waking up at the same time, still walking, you know, my dog, um, still having cereal in the morning for breakfast, and then I go and work. Upstairs and and then I come downstairs for lunch. Go back upstairs. Like I have a routine by now, and I'm just like, okay, yes, I need this routine. Like that's what I have been needing. It's like a routine.
2: That's good. How about you, Steph? Um, what about me? Like Are Are you Are you Bro, like routine person or do you feel like um, limited I guess during the quarantine because of routines? Or I go through phases
1: but it- I like routine and then I like non-routine. So I'm pretty whatever about it. I mean I just it sucks that like little things are like an inconvenience. Um, like you know you can't get into the grocery store without a mask and stuff like that that are annoying but staying home i i often do when i go into hermit crab mode so it's like a longer hermit crab mode than usual so it's really not that bad i mean it's not the worst but it's not the best but it's pretty whatever do you do anything to, um, to
2: like shake up the mood when you're feeling like pretty? Whatever, yeah. About my it, body or... shuts down
1: and goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <"Shh."> <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like chloroform,
1: <laughs> like John Mullaney, unexpected Mullaney. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, oh <my> guys.
1: <laughs> and you're a horse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not supposed to be a horse <laughs> in the hospital. It's a
1: well. It's oh a little God. late for that. But yes, I mean, honestly, I think it's been pretty okay. I went, um the only thing I'm getting is like lazier about going out. So now I'm like, do I have to leave my home? <laughs> no. That's the only thing I noticed that now I'm becoming a little more like, I don't want to get up.
0: I, uh, like, you know, I cannot handle this much longer, that's for sure. (laughs) Like, like, this is driving me super crazy because, for so many reasons, but yeah. Like,. (laughs) I, no, I gotta get out of here. Gotta let me out. Gotta let me out of the cage because this is like freaking me out. <laughs> and then you know, of course when I go into the existential dread, then I can't sleep at night. So it's that's fun. Um Oh yeah, so I was like listening to like <laughs> um probably my favorite podcast, which is like Rivideo After Dark, which does the river commentary. But they also do commentary for, like, this other show um, called Keen And it's, like, you know, it's, like, a New York show. Like, a New York, like, show about, oh, like, living your best dreams. Or living your best life. You know, chasing your dreams in New York. And then it's so funny because, like, one of the commentators was, like, oh, you know, now we have all the time in the world to dream because there's nothing to look forward to when you wake up I was like oh my god (laughs) I was like yeah that's beautiful I feel that so deep (laughs) (laughs) have you guys been having like weird dreams since this whole thing started
1: yeah I I can't remember them though like I wake up and I'm (laughs) like what the heck and then they go away immediately it's like
0: this never happened it's like now you won't even remember (laughs) to
1: tell your friends (laughs) yeah i'm like oh come on
2: you can um practice waking up and like writing down the little bits that you remember and the more you practice it the better you get at like recollection of your dreams if you're yeah. if you're really interested, I'm
1: trying to because a lot of my dreams are like, yo, I could make a blockbuster movie out of this.
0: <laughs> do you guys believe in like
1: lucid dreaming?
0: Oh yeah. So mm, what do you it's mean? Basically, uh, dreaming that you can control. So you're supposedly the theory behind it is that yes, you're like you get into REM, but then. At some point in your dream, you go to like that other stage where it's like, like a little like where you're slightly awake, but not really. It's weird, but supposedly you're supposed to like, you are be able to remember more of your dreams. You're supposed to be able to control your dreams. Mm hmm.
2: I didn't think, I didn't even know it was a theory. I thought it was just, like, a fact. This well, was a it's a that thing that
0: people, people experience, see. but the theory is that you can, like, train yourself to go into lucid dreaming immediately.
2: Yeah, there's, like, YouTube videos about it. It's pretty interesting.
0: I don't know if it's, like, I don't know how true it could be, but I, I'm curious. <laughs> Like, Steph, you know what lucid dreaming is? You know when you have a dream and then you know you're dreaming? Like, suddenly you know you're dreaming and you're trying to wake yourself up? That's lucid dreaming.
1: Mm.
2: Except people like that state and then they stay in the state of, like, okay, now that I'm Mm -hmm. dreaming, let me do whatever I want. Like, let me imagine something crazy, something I've always wanted to try or see or anything. And then they like custom their, customize their dreams deliberately.
1: That's interesting. interesting. Creepy, but yeah, interesting. it's
0: a whole other level of weird things that people do. <laughs>
2: I lucid dream a lot, but not purposely, and I don't like it. I I hate,
0: like, when I'm in a dream and I'm trying to wake myself up, I feel like it gives me, like, anxiety in the dream. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't know. Lucid dreaming. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, now is the time to just lucid dreaming. If it works. Now's now it's a good turn.
2: <laughs> I started that video that... Well, there's a few different ones. I started one and I was like, actually, I don't <laughs> like, want to
0: this. And I That's stopped okay. It. <laughs> I don't need... I don't want this that <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, who claims... I used to have a friend who claimed that uh, he knew how to lose a dream. Or had got... Or had trained himself to, to lose a dream. And I was just like, Really? And then he was like, "Yeah," but then eventually, that he kind of like lost it because he was just like, eh, "This is not adding anything to my life." <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. That's what they say. But but yeah. So yes, and um, like you mentioned, Steph here in florida they added the 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 rule this week as well that to go into public places and businesses you have to have a mask so um the things keep changing and we're just trying to keep up people are wearing their bandanas rep your set rep your click (laughs) um choose your colors wisely (laughs) I, for one, my, <laughs> <laughs> I have an actual face mask, like a, like a cloth face mask, but I, for one, have my little, like, lavender bandana, so, you know, Las Grossas. <laughs> oh my god, this would be the time for me to get, like, a magenta bandana for Las Grossas. I love it, I'm gonna get a magenta one, I'm gonna order one from somewhere. Rep your set, rep your click. Oh OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so like there's, I don't know, like, it's kind of weird to keep up with like all the news that's happening. It's hard to keep up with what's happening around the country. It's hard to keep up with what's happening around the world. Um Another interesting thing that has been happening this week is the um I think mean, what 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 did we decide the term was pro corona pro liberty pro economy I don't know, but those protests of the people who want stuff to go back to normal already that have been happening. I know they've been going down to Michigan and Pennsylvania, so that's weird. Mildred, are you still like, flying out? I'm just like hey 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 I'm just here for, I'm just here the, for yeah, the party right. can you imagine And you're like bring
2: back the beaches They're like wait yeah. a minute <laughs> You you ask them you say, you yell out bring back the beaches and then they all stop and look at you like uh She, even,
0: yeah, she doesn't like, even go here sure. <laughs> like <laughs> totally mean girls yeah like like because well see i'm not pro opening everything i'm just pro beach like give me the beach or and or the parks and i'll be fine like okay but um no 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 i'm not pro i'm not necessarily like pro like open stuff up Like, you can't open up restaurants yet because people will crowd. But these people are, like, out there definitely not observing social distancing rules, protesting. And I'm like, really? Like, this is what you have. I guess they really have nothing, literally have nothing better to do. So this is where we're at. very dangerous Mm, yeah people suck i wouldn't be surprised if there's like a spike in um in (laughs) cases but in our but a cool thing in our local news right like super local to us baptist is being or has developed their own coronavirus test baptist hospital and they're one of, like, the few hospitals in the country that has developed um, their own coronavirus testing, um, it, like, and submitted it to the FDA, which I think is so cool. Like, we should be super proud because, like, that's Miami right there. And more than anything, that's Kendall, bro. <laughs> Hashtag Kendall. Okay. Good things can come out of Kendall. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or hey, not. Hey, we but Kendall, I'll be, very so... honest. <laughs> oh, be super honest <laughs> with everybody right now. I'm not sure if that's good, but um, but yeah, like so, you know, I think that's good, and you know, like this. What? What that mean? I not... <laughs> right, no, have our no MCI idea. I agent does not agree. It might have been okay. when I opened the door. <laughs> but <laughs> how dare you. How dare but, you? But um but yeah, so like that's really cool. And you know, I mean who knows how long it's gonna take for things to really open. Um I'm pretty sure you guys saw like that their projections is that for stuff like um large concerts and things like that, not until next year. And I'm like, that's about right. So a lot of stuff will still be postponed through, like, all the way through next year, so that sucks. But, until we have a cure or a vaccine, I guess this is what's up. So, I don't know. The people who benefit are the listeners, though. They get more podcasts and longer podcasts. (laughs) Yo, I've been like catching up on all my podcasts. (laughs) Love it. All right, guys. It is finally time for World War Z. World War Z. World War Z. Z. Okay, so now we are here. Sugar Bee Podcast Miami Book Club. What? We are reading World War Z by Max Brooks. Super excited. Steph, you love this book.
1: I do. I read it <laughs> three times a year.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> Just with the doctor's This is your first time reading it, right? Amazing. I love it. it and is, then this is yes. my second time reading it. Um. I we picked this book because it's very befitting to the time that we're going through that we're living right now. So, um, we decided to you know read it as a group, go through, discuss it's pretty cool. Um, I think most people, if you're listening to the podcast, like, um, and you heard, From us last episode. You guys already know. The book is basically. About the zombie virus. That spreads throughout the world. And the book just covers. um, Different aspects of. Living through the times. Where the zombie virus was like a thing. And has like you know. Very. um, Anecdotal sections. So like more sections of like. Lay people talking about their experience. It has like you know. Um, sections where it's like government officials talking about their experience scientists like politicians um, I think eventually also like celebrities so it gives you like a really interesting picture of what happens in the world that is created in the book and how they lived um, through zombie warfare pretty much Um, Addis I'm curious because this is your first time reading it. You, We've read the first three sections. What do you think?
2: So, I was pretty nervous to read this book just because it mirrors mm-hmm. so much what was going on now. And right. zombie movies freak me out. I'm scared of all scary movies. <laughs> but... <laughs> I do I do watch them anyways. I find them interesting, but um, this time around, since we're going through it, this like zombie um, pandemic doesn't seem too crazy. Like it's it, I'm going about it at a more casual approach, and it's it's shocking me. But I love the way that the book is written, the style of the book, and the the way that they present like social ideas that are so. Um, they, it just mirrors exactly what's going on with us today, not the whole zombie part, but
0: how right society. Yeah, no, and that's definitely um, what interested me about the book. Um, you know, like when I first started reading it, too, that I was just like, "Wow, this is like like the way it's written. Um, it's a very unique, st- uh, like storytelling, um, storytelling, I guess technique." So, I yeah, I I appreciate it, like, a lot. Steph, now that you're reading it for the upteenth time, (laughs) (laughs) you know, now we're kind of, like, in the lens of, like, Corona.
1: (laughs) What do you think? About the book or about...
0: Yeah, like, well, just in general about, like, the book. We've read up to, yeah, to the... We've read you know, through the blame chapter and, like, so what do you, so far, what have you, like, taken from it?
1: It's just um, how predictable we are and how we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, even though literally there are a million... (laughs) so much data that you can find out there that will tell you hey if you do this this is exactly what's going to happen because you're not the first humans to make this mistake don't do this again and they're like hold on I'm different though <laughs> we know better though and it's like no you don't you useless piece of human <laughs> 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 um, um, Yeah. so it's it's just frustrating i mean i love the book because again it's it's i guess it's just a constant reminder that hey that information is out there you know this is this is something that has been happening time um again and again and it will happen again and um and it just sucks but it this is the way that things are and that's the only way it seems that people learn
2: I do appreciate how well-researched it is. Like, the there's so many countries represented, and I feel like the author depicts their reactions so well to the point where right. um, we see it happening currently. Yeah, man, this so, guy is
0: amazing. Kudos yeah, to and it. like, and we talked about, like, that this book was written in 2006, I believe. So, man, 2006 this guy wrote this um, you know like pretty interesting book and then you know almost 15 years later here we are and it's like this guy like wrote down what was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> he like wrote down the prophecy it's so creepy like it's creepy how how parallel it is to what we're going through right now um I guess this is a good point to say. If you haven't read the book, from here on out, we're going to be kind of discussing it a little bit more in depth. So, definitely, spoiler alert. If you haven't read it and don't want it to get spoiled, <laughs> tune out now. Come back next week and read with us because it's so good. But, um, so, um, I did want to share my. Favorite passage so far, um, which is like from the intro, because it really just like summarizes the book. It's like, you know, like in school when they're like, okay, your thesis statement has to go in the very beginning of the paper to know. Literally, he gave us a thesis statement for the book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. It was all too intimate the chairperson said during one of our many animated discussions. Too many opinions, too many feelings. That's not what this report is about. We need clear facts and figures unclouded by the human factor. Of course, she was right. The official report was a collection of cold, hard data, an objective quote, after action report that would allow future generations to study the events of that apocalyptic decade without being influenced by the, quote, human factor. But isn't the human factor what connects us so deeply to our past? Will future generations care as much for chronologies and casualty statistics as they would for the personal accounts of individuals not so different from themselves? By excluding the human factor, aren't we risking the kind of personal detachment from a history that may Heaven forbid, lead us one day to repeat it. And in the end, isn't the human factor the only true difference between us and the enemy we now refer to as the living dead. So cool. <laughs> I love it. I it just like really encapsulates the <laughs> book. Um it's it's it, it's just like very like <gasps> I don't know. Yeah. Feelings. (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, it's true. You know, we, like, I think a lot of us say, like, we have to, you know, we have to study history. Isn't there a quote that says something like that, like, those who don't, like, read history or study history are doomed to repeat it? Something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Guys. Um, you know, like, and I think that's my, like, that's part of the thing um that I think about a lot with this coronavirus is, like, at, is that there's going to be so many things that we learn after the fact, you know what I mean, but, like, going through it right now, it's just a crazy onslaught of information and misinformation so and it's really hard to step it's like really hard to to step back and um have like an objective view on what's happening currently you know what I mean
1: yeah
0: so yeah we need to like definitely um read history right um yeah, I'm just like how much more can I say about we have to read. <laughs> we have to study. That's why school's important kids.
1: <laughs> Stay in school. Yeah. I mean Yeah, it's school. It's the way I don't know, society has us learning or not learning things well I don't know. other
0: thing right like um you know like that's the thing is that i feel like once you go through like public school at least and you go to college you realize how much you really don't know and how much was like mistaught to us you know what i mean and so at yeah. that point, it's like up to us to like basically do independent research. Is like yeah. the way I see it, and so, um, that's what it comes down to. And I think now we see a lot of how inform misinformation can do so much damage. <laughs> like it's just crazy but um yeah let's get into it with this book though okay so we start off i think i'm gonna like just do like a little recap of the chapter and then um, we can go from there So, basically, we start off in China, right, in a small village. Um, A doctor from a local, like, rural hospital is called to go to the village um, to go see some sick patients, right? So, when he goes over to the village, um, that he, like, really has even a hard time finding the correct way to get to this village, that's when he encounters, um, you know, these villagers that have these people locked up And then he's like, "What are you doing?" And basically, that's when he first goes in and see that people are pale; they're starting to turn gray, I believe, and they have bites on them, and they have, I think, fevers. And he's like, "This is really weird. Like, I've never seen this before." (laughs) And so then um, he's like, "Okay, well, who's the who bit these people?" And then they take them, you know, they take them to go see. Um, Another person that's locked away, which is the small child. And that's who he presumes is patient zero. And so, um, you know, patient zero, he also has a very clean bite, right? So not a bite from, or a bite that doesn't look like an animal bite, right? Um, And doesn't necessarily look super infected, and so he tr- he leaves. He tries to, he informs, you know, like the government. The government comes um, and basically it's described as a, the government basically tries to cover up what was happening in that village. Um, he tried to speak up and he was sent to jail for trying to speak on what he saw that day. So yeah, pretty nutty like according or at least in the books world it originated in China (laughs) as far as we know right um then we go from there we go to the pet where there's now people are starting to flee their countries in order to escape the the zombie virus and so there you know there we meet a smuggler who's you know smuggles people across borders for money um and one thing that he alludes to is that hey these refugees are people that people don't want to recognize um that people don't want to see so we help them disappear into the larger society where they will be ignored right and then that's what that's when he says how else could so many outbreaks have started and men in so many first world ghettos and there he was just talking about how, like, yeah, those are people that people have chosen to ignore and to move past. And, you know, the disease festered and spread that way. Um, we go to so many different places. Then we go to, to Greece, right? We have the guy who's doing, like, um, the, like, army guy, whatever. Military personnel, if you will. He does the cave exploration. And he also, he encounters um the corpses of people who had been ravaged by zombies and then eventually he actually gets into a struggle and um and the zombie like falls on him and basically eventually like he you know kind of touches on about how he has like ptsd and how um yeah like i guess like his government was kind of like gaslighting him a little bit about what he saw Um, from there, we meet the Brazilian doctor, right, who had been doing some black market organ transplants, good stuff, and he talks about how he saw, he did a heart transplant, right, for a patient, and that's when he saw this patient reanimate, and so that's where we kind of start learning a little bit more about the actual virus again. Right. We start learning that, okay, so this guy basically, you know, transplanted what we assume is an affected heart and the patient died, but then reanimated. And that's where, that's where us as the readers learn that to be able to kill like you know, to kill the living dead, you have to go for the rain, and so, um, very cool. I'm just like, yeah, very cool, awesome we then we go to Barbados and they speak to a South African captain um in that particular part, that's where um they first kind of start making really like the comparison to rabies. And then they start referring or people kind of start like referring to it as African rabies, even though it didn't originate in Africa and it wasn't rabies for sure. You know what I mean? Um, then we go to Israel where we, that was the spy, right? The Israeli guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. So in Israel we have, you know, an Israeli spy. He basically started the like doing like the the data gathering, right? Like combing through it like information um gathered around the world and him and another person put together a report um to give more information about this impending pandemic, right? Of the re- of the living dead, the reanimated figures, if you will, the zombies. And he talks about like, yeah, we distributed this information, and it was largely ignored. So they tried to give a warning. They tried to give like the heads up that information, and they were ignored. Um, and then we end the chapter. In Palestine, right, where um, basically, I believe they were living in Bethlehem, but basically, um, this guy talks to his experience as a teenager about how um, you know he, he hated the Jews and whatever like there was like that conflict, but then how his family eventually eventually ended up fleeing their homes and ended up in what was a resettlement slash quarantine camp and their experience there. So we, we see a lot of different parts of the world and their experiences. Um, and it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. What did you guys think about this particular um, chapter, the warnings chapter?
1: Um I mean I think in general like the like the title says all of these things that um like the spy put in together that all these little things were happening all over the world that everyone was kinda just either dismissing it as something you know, something unimportant. And um and even if they did hear things, it was so far fetched of an idea that they were like, nah no way <laughs> zombies never heard of them so I think it's very interesting how it it definitely um, captures the human uh, reaction very well when it comes to like not believing or being so caught up in like you know the religious issues or their political beliefs or um, you know just simply staying alive day by day you know, those are real worries that they have, rather than, you know, possibly this guy just coming up alive, you know, this zombie coming, mm-hmm. eating, or killing, so, I thought it gave a pretty good introduction to how naive or, how naive people are, yeah. Right. What did you think, Addis?
2: I thought it was so interesting to hear each one of them share their first encounters and kind of dismiss their role in the spread of the virus. And also, I love how he ties the author ties like what we experienced historically into this right. fiction uh, novel. You know,
0: just to see the. The relationship, yeah, of too. yeah, is also really I totally cool. agree. Um, yeah, like like you guys said, it's interesting because um, and the way, of course, like the the chronology, like the way that the author writes it out is very you know purposeful, right? He he writes the beginning parts of the chapters like yeah, like little incidences in different pockets of the world right but no one's really with the exception of like the tibet guy um like the smuggler no one's communicating to each other so everyone's kind of de- like each country and each like little government is um addressing it on their own and they're not communicating to each other and and yeah like they're they're dismissing it and they're covering it up Um, but then it's cool when we get to, to the Israeli spy, because basically he gathered information from these countries. Like, that's what he did. What he did was he gathered, he took those like firsthand experiences that were, that kept being put off and realized, wait a minute, there's a pattern here. There's something much larger, like looming. And so I thought that was really cool. Like it kind of ties it together. So, yeah, like super, I mean, for you sure. You know, there's so much that can be said <laughs> about hey, we need to pay attention and um, you know, and like we've talked about this before um about like specifically um the Palestinian um chapter about how, um, you know, like, it's being, like, the you know, now the guy is a professor, but he's, te- he's talking about when he was a teenager living with his family about how um, there was a lot of information coming from Israel, but they, it was, because it was their enemy, they didn't want to listen. And they didn't want to, like, accept that, you know, these things were, were happening. They, they didn't want to take the warning. And so, um, but then eventually he realizes that there's people um, that one, you you can grow up your whole life believing that someone is an enemy and not know anything about, you know, that individual, about those people, right? And that at the end of the day, like, we're all human. And so we're all in this fight together. And so I thought it was really interesting to um to close the chapter on that note, you know. Yeah, I, I did like that too, and you know I I don't know I like that chapter. Then we go into into blame into the blame chapter, which is a very uh. I don't know what's the word I could use. Um, <laughs> it's a very charged chapter. Because they address so many different things that we could say a lot of different things about. I don't know. That sounded really stupid. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that sounded kind of <laughs> dumb. <laughs> yeah, we could say things about these things. Um but I guess I'm gonna stand by it <laughs> um, so with the blame chapter, we start in Virginia talking to the director of the CIA um and basically, you know he's talking about like the CIA's role in um I guess like national security right and and he speaks to the fact that yeah like that they were dismissive because this was something so outlandish and that maybe they had other things to worry about right um and then he kind of like um he speaks also you know like to just like the bureaucracy behind investigating certain things and vetting certain pieces of intelligence and there's that. Then um we go to Finland. Um to the other military person. I don't remember anything particularly about him, T B H. Do you guys remember any of that guy?
1: He um he's the one he's a military uh I think he was like a general or something. Yeah um he just talks about how it, how badly the whole situation was handled how that pandemic displayed the entire the corruption in the government how um and i think the the last thing he says um says it very well um you know they were talking about he talked about how people were upset of the revoking their freedom again, too many parallels. Um, right. But you know, the last sentence he says in his chapter is that this is our system and it's the best in the world, but we must be protected and defended and must never again be so abused because yes. you know, and he says it. he's like, I'm not blaming the military. I'm not blaming the civilians. It's just everything was so such crap that there was no way of coming out winning in this because everyone's so caught up on
0: the BS. On the politics. Um, yeah. Yeah, like so. for sure. And then um then we go over to our Antarctica where we have the biggest douche I oh think in the whole book. PBH. <laughs> um, this is the guy that we hate. <laughs> <laughs> This is um, a, um, someone who put forth a phony vaccine for the zombie cure and became super rich off of it.
1: <laughs> well, 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 hold on, hold on. It's not a zombie vaccine. It's for rabies because that's what he was told right. it was. exactly.
0: Right, exactly. Like, they were peddling. Right, ex- okay, yes, because at that point, no one knew what this was they were just saying it was african rabies so he was peddling um basically a rabies vaccine for something that wasn't rabies so um we totally hate this guy you know who this guy reminds me of um that martin shakreli or whatever his name was He was the he was the one who I don't know if it was the HIV drug or the diet or like the insulin, but he was the one who like bought like the patent for like this medicine and he like raised the um the price super high, for no reason, and eventually he had to go like and sit in front of Congress and eventually he got arrested and he had that stupid grin on his
1: face. The young guy? yeah I think that was the epi pen, no, or maybe, that someone else, no, I, someone I, else is doing that so many people do this um
0: I yeah, I don't remember if it was like h a v or like, diabetes. <laughs> no. but it was some diabetes I
2: think it's <laughs> diabetes, but I think <laughs> just like uh let know. I retract. Um, We know about
0: that, so they call (laughs) Pharma Bro because I'm like looking up what what it was. Pharma Bro. So basically, this character is Pharma Bro, (laughs) like legit Pharma Bro. And now, now that Martin Shkreli (laughs) is like a person, I'm just like, oh my god, that's who I see. Like that's who I imagine talking in the book. Um I'm trying to see like what was it Deraprim it to treat toxoplasmosis Deraprim toxoplasmosis whatever that is but yeah some drug that was like really cheap and then he made it very expensive um, and made a lot of money off of it. Even though it's like a life-saving thing. So, at those people. So, we hate this guy. Um, <laughs> and then um, we go to Amarillo, <laughs> Texas and we talk to a former CIA guy who definitely speaks more like to the politics of um, of peddling, of selling comfort to the American people, Right. Instead of looking for, like, an actual solution. Oh, wait. Hold on. He was the White House Chief of Staff. This guy? Amarillo? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was White House Chief of Staff. Okay, even worse. Um, (laughs) And then, um, yeah, like, there's so much to say about each one of these. And then we end the chapter in Montana where now these people have are living in um in a private development that was designed to you know keep you safe from zombies but she's but the developer is talking about she was the architect right
1: yeah she's
0: talking about her her first personal encounter with the zombies and, you know, she talks about how, yeah, like, the, they had heard about it. They went. They got the vaccine, you know. They felt like they were safe because it had not um, come to them yet, right? Like, it hadn't been in their personal circle until, like, oh almost literally, these zombies were trying to, like, knock down their doors. And so, um Oof, man, so much could be said about this chapter. Yeah. What did you guys think? I, I like I know we we discussed a lot about this one.
1: The, the blame chapter. The one with the Um, let me see, let me see. Let me see. I like how <laughs> even though they're not really saying anything but they're still sort of blaming other people
0: <laughs> right
1: like true the form like this yeah like this yeah it's like <laughs> yeah we suck but really we like i try doing my part you know and then the generals, like i'm not blaming the people or the other one you know it's a matter of like i think in a sense they're all sort of uh other than the chief of staff guy i think everyone can can be honest and say, "Yeah, it was our fault." Like everyone kind of dropped the ball, except him apparently, because that guy so right. He's so in the right that he, you know. <laughs> um, what's what's the one? I don't. The CAA one was sad. the The vaccine one was interesting because you know they do that all the time. I mean, even now. You know that metal, the silver, whatever mm-hmm. that a couple of weeks oh ago. Oh my god! This this, this, this priest or the, uh, this pastor yeah. Or oh my god! The
0: silver drink. That guy's so freaking crazy.
1: Like, yeah. And then you know he was like actually selling, saying that oh yeah, it heals it, and and people were buying it, and then and it was like thirty dollars. I. <sighs> It's just so upsetting that there are people out there that are look, literally looking to make <laughs> money out of this pandemic. And that's exactly what's happening now. So Sucks. Right, you're just like, yeah, people are the worst.
0: <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> what we can take away. Um, so, one of the things... Um, that was very interesting that like stood out to me. One of the the passages was from the, the Finland guy. Um, He's like in totalitarian regimes, communism, fascism, religious fundamentalism, popular support is a given. You can start wars. You can prolong them. You can put anyone in uniform for any length of time without ever having to worry about the slightest political backlash. In a democracy, the polar opposite is true. Public support must be husbanded as a finite national resource. It must be spent wisely, sparingly, and with the greatest return on your investment. America is especially sensitive to war weariness, and nothing brings on backlash like the perception of defeat. And I'm like, wow, it's true it really speaks to the american kind of i think mentality so beautiful
1: yeah i mean i think that chapter is the one that he's like we won the big win Mm -hmm. the you know like the the showy one the fact that we're like hey we made it we lost a lot of people we're still alive it's not good enough right you know it's it's unacceptable, like it still feels like a loss because it's not like a big win, like a touchdown or whatever
0: right, and like I think that it makes me think um a lot about these people protesting and um like the different the different approaches to this pandemic um throughout the world because it's true what the guy was saying about, like, the totalitarian regimes because in other countries, you can do very extreme things and whatever. They gotta do it. But, like, there's a lot of things that other countries have done that would not fly here in the U.S. But also, like, they've been able to flatten the curve, we presume. So it's kind of like dang like a nationwide quarantine we can't do like that's not possible because I think people here would like lose their
1: minds yeah again because they feel like their freedom has been taken right Or, or,
0: um, or you know, I mean? yeah, like different measures that like would be seen, yeah, as like more extreme, like definitely would like not fly. And so, and that's the thing about, um, I guess America's approach is that it's very politicized, and that's sad, that sucks. You because know, it shouldn't be like that, yeah,, and then, um then, with like the the phalanx guy, oh my God, oh my God, you know, he talks about like um the fear part. <laughs> and then i mean he says so many things that are so douchey but you know that this is what like a lot of these corporations think like you know what i mean um and basically he says like fear he used to say fear is the most valuable commodity in the universe this blew me away turn on the tv he'd say what are you selling People selling their products no people selling the fear of having to live without their products and i was just like i hate everything down with capitalism but then i'm like okay not down with capitalism
1: but man make it slightly fairer like (laughs) (laughs) you know and and that's the thing though like in theory in in the i (laughs) know you know In a balanced world, I guess you can say, is that the government's job is to regulate capitalism. So when it starts getting off hand, it can be, uh, you know, reminded, like tapped on the shoulder, be like, Mm -hmm. hey, cut it out or you're going out, you know. But in order to have that, you have to have people who truly believe in what they're doing and truly are looking out for the interests of the American population rather than just their own right. and sadly I don't think we have many politicians if any honestly that are that are like literally doing their due diligence as a public servant because that's what they are all of these people are public servants yeah that's why but they don't right. see it that way
0: that's why I think like you know, yeah, like there's these big corp, like I mean, corporations that are in the pockets of these like politicians. But at the end of the day, like if the general population bands together, like we can, you know, demand <laughs> things change.
1: It, yeah, it, but sadly, it it's gonna take. A zombie war or Mm -hmm. an insane amount of people to die, or another war for this to change. It just, I don't know. And maybe I'm just being super pessimistic, but it seems like that's the only way that people learn. I mean, and that's why. Through being beaten and abused.
0: That's why. And once again, that's (laughs) why kids, it's important to learn your history. (laughs) Learn civics. Pay attention to civics. Learn history so that you can make decisions based, like, informed decisions. Um, but yeah, this fail- this Phelan guy, like, <laughs> kills me. Um, <laughs> and then the White House chief of staff, he says, like, some pretty um, messed up stuff too. <laughs> um, and it, so basically he's like, so the, the author or the reporter whatever he is in the book in the the narrator if you will Um, he's like but phalanx didn't work right he's talking to the White House Chief of Staff and he's and the Chief of Staff answers him and says yeah and do you know how long it would have taken to invent one that did look how much time and money had been put into cancer research or AIDS do you want to be the man who tells the American people that he's diverting from, from either one of those for some new disease that most people haven't even heard of look at what we've put into the research during and after the war and we still don't have a cure or a vaccine we knew phalanx was a placebo and we were grateful for it it calms people down and let us do our job Uh um, <laughs> that's scary because I'm sure there's people who think like that who see it like that and that's scary you know why it's scary <laughs> because you would think like the government itself would be the one to regulate and be like hey this isn't a real cure or a real vaccine right like do the FDA and it's like um, I mean hopefully it doesn't happen that kind of thing doesn't happen now with corona but it's like Hopefully they have like enough where to not let a placebo essentially get out there,
1: but I don't know yeah i mean i think I think there are some people really trying to make sure that that's not the case, but um I think those people that are so um you know, so vocal about their freedom and stuff, literally um, just believe anything, especially if it comes from the right person. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's if if that person says it's not a placebo and it is, they'll believe that even though there are regulations saying, hey, this is not a legitimate thing. Like, they won't believe that because this person is saying it. The one that they're choosing to believe for whatever reason <laughs> like for whatever it is.
0: I mean, like, well, it's like you said, it's like the silver, the guy that's selling the silver drink or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, the president touting hydri- hydro um, chloroquine, even though it hasn't been proven to do anything just yet, you know what I mean? Um... Like did you ever get, did you guys ever hear about like those people that were like, Yeah, if you point like air dryer into your mouth, that will kill the coronavirus and in- that's in your throat?
1: People were gargling bleach.
0: Like ridiculous. Like how so yeah, so <laughs> it's like
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's concerning. That that's that's concerning, but then again, why are we surprised right now? the population don't believe in vaccines. They're all like, "Oh, it's BS that's gonna give your kid autism." You hate your kid so much because it was born with a defect that you want to blame someone else for it. Like nowadays, it's becoming such a norm in certain places that this is another another one that's like, "Ha! Ah, you see, I was right." It's another. Fake thing. I mean, we're talking about the oh 5G towers. Oh my god! Towers, the how they're saying that the 5G towers are sending ray signals to your, um, to you, to get coronavirus. It's like really,
0: like yeah.
1: If you're talking about radiation signals, everyone has known that. Already.
0: Yeah, and we get it from our phones.
1: I think they're like microwave. Uh, the same thing as a microwave. Or also, yeah, microwaves that's like a low level
0: of radiation if I remember correctly yeah
1: so it, it, I'm not sure to what end these people think that the purpose of that or if they think that they're ahead of the curve by saying oh yeah you know the," um, we can see beyond you guys and then they think they're one of those people like the spy that put in all the pieces together so it it's it's a careful line of trying to see what our facts and have an unbiased decision rather than go and find everything that you see will support your whatever right. your point of view is and just focus on that and ignore everything else because it doesn't fit the right. Exactly. Um that's what a lot of Americans are doing right now. So scary, that's bro. scary.
0: Scary. Um and then the White House uh Uh, chief of staff or something else he's like he's like so you never really try to solve the problem and he answers oh come on can you ever solve poverty can you ever solve crime can you ever solve disease unemployment war or any other societal herpes hell no all you can hope for is to make them manageable enough to allow people to get on with their lives that's not cynicism that's maturity You can't stop the rain. All you could do is just build a leak on the people who are going to vote for you. Or at least won't leak on the people who are going to vote for you. Which I was like, and that's like my whole thing about like the people politicizing Corona. Because it's like they're not acting in the best interest of like the general population or of the people. They're like acting in the best interest of the people who they think is going are going to vote for them, and that's not cool. Yeah,
1: and that's why. Yeah, but and and that's the things like, okay, for those of us who see that, like, what what can we do about it? We have to vote, <laughs> pretty much. How they're trying to literally kill the the one of the best ways to. in the United States where people don't have to take a day off work they can literally just do it at home and call it a day and they're trying to give it to the system that can do that but people have to like
0: reach out to like their congress people they do and but like in the massive so, so unfortunately, right now, what a lot of people do is bemoan and, like, and complain on social media, which sometimes works. But that's not, that shouldn't be, like, the main way of communicating with their politicians, but it's starting to become that way. But then what happens with social media is that it starts kind of going through the court of public opinion. And then it kind of derails the message a little bit, I think. Or it can derail
1: the message. It can, it it does, and that's the thing that I'm like, it, it shouldn't be, like, social media shouldn't be a platform to, you know, where you're doing, where you're relaying political views or your point of view. But
0: it's it's like, it's like if half of these people who have all these like political things to say were to copy and paste and just send that into an email to their representative we could probably
1: get a lot more done yeah i mean that's something that i definitely need to start doing Just have them on my standby emails. Like, okay, let me see what I'm gonna write about. (laughs) Just like write it like a journal. Like, (laughs) dear diary, (laughs) you guys
0: are the worst.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and then you look at. I was like, okay, who can you talk to? Talk to your uh, governor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Desantis.
0: Hey, governor. (laughs) Hello, governor. Um. hello governor please stop um it's so like what are you I mean, doing dude like so yeah well i will say in our local elections the the election for county mayor is coming up so that could be very interesting
1: yeah, I remember we were we supposed, were supposed to, to, to go to, that. to the. Um... Oh, you
0: know what? I had forgotten about that. We were supposed to go to the to what was it? The debate. Yeah, the that would have been. That would all been of so that cool got canceled too. Go to. But hey, let me tell you. So far, the only person that I've seen that has been super vocal during this Corona thing is. um Commissioner Danielle um, Levine Cava. Some very. We have
1: to um,
0: her. So I met her once. She's nice. She's a nice person. I don't know. She supports like a lot of, um, like, ageism stuff. So stuff for old people. She's very about the old people. But um she seems very sensible like from what i've read of her she seems like a very sensible centered candidate i think she i think she's a little bit more le- like left leaning for sure but um yeah she seems a little bit more sensible
1: definitely got to look into that when is that coming up? Yeah. Is that, that also November?
0: November?
1: I mean, I like
0: I mean, I would, like I'm curious because I haven't seen any of the other candidates for mayor saying much. Like so Danielle Levine Gava, when all this corona stuff was happening, she was calling for um, the governor to find a way to get more testing. Like, she was very pro, like, we need more testing in this county. Like, she, she, like, yeah. I haven't seen
1: much from the other two. So, I don't know.
0: I'm curious.
1: I mean, she's not wrong. The numbers keep growing. And, again, I know part of it is from people that are just finding out, but, um. The numbers are really not slowing down. Every day is like a thousand more people that are being found out right. that they have it. And I'm like, dang. As you guys
0: know, I'm so, very excited about this surveillance testing of asymptomatic people. That's really good that they're doing that here in
1: Miami. Yeah. I'm curious to see when that's going to start getting rolled out. Well, I mean,
0: supposedly it already started. But, yeah, I'm curious to see, like, how long it'll take for them to put the data together and start presenting numbers. So. Yeah. So let's see. The antibody test. What happens with that? But, um... But yeah, so then basically, like I said, we end the chapter in Montana and I had mentioned this before, but I like that they have, so far, the chapters have ended with like a more anecdotal part of the story because it kind of brings it back to like that human factor. Like, okay, this is someone's like personal (laughs) firsthand story of what they were going through in their homes, in their personal life. And so I um I really like that about the book. Um, Do you guys have any other thoughts you want to share about the book?
1: The things you liked, things you didn't like? So there was uh, an article that I remember reading a few years ago about it. That I was like, what was it that I liked so much about this? And then I remember... So I found it, and he talks about, um, um, so he was writing the book when his son was born in 2005. That's when he wrote the book. Um, There were complications. Uh, His wife had to get a C-section. The baby's lung collapsed, and he was in the ICU for a while. Then um, as he was doing that, his mom um, had cancer, and she was going through treatment, and her dad, his dad is a famous director. Oh, really? No, oh, really? Uh, How interesting. Yeah. Um, and his, her mom, his mom was I can't remember her name right now, but her last name was um, Laura Bancroft. No. Um, no, never mind. Something like I can't remember, but she. Oh, so no. she ended up dying also in to- in June of two thousand five. And then he was like, um, so this part is the part that I always, like always stuck with me. He's like, these are the zombies that Brooks believes in, the ghouls that come for you, that you can't fight. The zombies are his mother's cancer. that are the fear that, uh, that his wife and son won't be okay, which makes him check on his phone every five minutes when apart from them, that they're in a car, uh, they're the car that killed a friend in, of his in high school as they walked across the street. Brooks just a few steps ahead. The zombies are anything that comes into your life without prejustice and destroys it. It's The zombies are life's not fair. And I'm Dang. like, that's not oh nice. my Gosh,
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. On point,
1: but man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he literally wrote this book in the time where he was like, literally trying to run not or run away, but he couldn't so he had to face these things, you know? So I think that also has a lot to say how well he did this book because it was very personal for him to do this too. It was like his escape from, you know, his very traumatic 2005.
2: That explains like how he's able to mm-hmm. um, capture those really um, heartless um characters you know the quotes that you mentioned Mildred are the same one that I uh that stuck out for me just because they're right so harsh but they have
1: literally like truth hurts truth, yeah
2: <laughs> you know like you just you don't want to hear it it's the ugly truth but um, but you have to hear it yeah you're like oh okay I guess I see what you mean um yeah I feel like um the the thing that um that's still that i hold on to most with reading this book is how important it is and that's the thing um, you have to inform
1: inform yourself yourself. properly and nowadays it's so difficult to do that but there are ways to do that like give yourself a double take when you're reading something like hmm, this sounds a little bit crazy let me keep reading
0: about this looking at the source
2: Even then, yeah, it's good to read a lot of different things just to see what's <laughs> out there. Like, I wouldn't have known about 5G if it wasn't. Yeah, man, that's US what I'm telling I you. I went of, on a,
1: on a pit of despair because of
2: um. <laughs> I started, like, <laughs> uh,
1: you know, reading reading the news more, like, following more news outlets. And it's just so upsetting the amount of, like, shenanigans that is happening. You're like, is this for real. Like are people really doing this? Are people really believing this? Yeah.
2: But it's good to know so that way um when someone asks you about it, you can say, Hey, um, this is like everything I know about it and these are the, the holes in these yeah. um stories or whatever it-, it is. You know, you have to know about it all. Is the point. And then you have to be able to tell what is, um, what's factual and what's not. So you have to, like, cross-reference it with other sources to see if it lines up. But it's hard because people have different definitions of the truth. You know, like, some people don't trust the government. So I love that the Florida Department of Health has the... GIS map and it shows you all of the cases of coronavirus and the right. There's a lot of people that don't believe. What if someone just doesn't um,
1: like believe that to be true? And that's that's the thing. I I know people are always like, oh yeah, you know, celebrities are just people or politicians are just people that they're allowed to make mistakes. And I'm like, yeah, but I think the minute you put yourself in a position of power like that, you have a moral responsibility to be held liable for this because people will listen to you you know it's not just oh yeah you know you get all the fame and glory or all the money or mm-hmm. all the corruption for some politicians it's a matter that you are responsible for these group of people like they voted for so, you so <laughs> you know
0: when Trump was first running um mm-hmm. and That's- when he first the first first time when he was, like, oh, yeah, um, you know, like, saying that, like, Mexicans are drug dealers and rapists. And then threw Jorge Ramos out of, like, the interview or whatever. When that first, first happened, I, like, I remember I put, like, mm-hmm. something about it on Facebook. And someone that we know um, had the gall to come and be, like, oh, um... And and so, oh, because I said something about, yeah, when he's talking about Mexicans, he's talking about, like, Latinos, bro. Because Mexicans, like, that's, like, the, the only country that ignorant American people know about for some reason. So they just call everybody Mexicans. And so I was, like, saying something about, oh, yeah, like, you know, how we need to be in solidarity with each other. And then the person was, like oh, well, you know, if this was, like, a homeless man, no one would be listening to him. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. He's not a homeless man. Like, he is trying to run for, like, the highest office in the land. Like, you have to have, like, in, you know, they wanted to get into an argument with me about (laughs) free speech. I'm like, no, you have a responsibility, bro. Like, as a leader, you have responsibilities. (laughs) And, like, so, for instance, one of the things he did this week of just so many things was that he like had retweeted um, some tweet about basically someone saying um, that Dr. Fauci should be fired from this task force and he retweeted it. So that can only lend itself to being interpreted as he would also like to fire Dr. Fauci. And it's like no, my dog. I love Dr. Fauci, by the way. And it's like yeah. that's not <sighs> like why. And but you know, but he, like that's because Dr. Fauci is very like contradicts him, and is like no, the science, the numbers. Hello, I don't care what he feels. No, <laughs> that's not realistic. You know. I love Doctor Fauci,
1: <laughs> and you know what? And the thing with him is that he has
0: the experience. Ooh, has the of experience, a certain idiot lacks. the schooling. He's years. been through
1: so many presidencies, both Democrat and Republican. He has been through it all, so he's trusted in both sides. Not the lunatics who are just these radical, crazy people that don't believe anything, but for most sane people he is a good um a good uh, asset to the government or to the people because both parties have dealt with him both parties have worked with him so he has that and that's why a lot of people are Yeah like, like don't you dare. I will come <laughs> well, because I- he has both supports <laughs> yeah this is this
2: is scary to see his um his effect on the people I mean, we know it, it's it's large but you can't try to distort he, the truth <laughs> did you, know? you guys hear of what fox news did that's they crossing a line and fox news um,
1: this, fox news defended the because they got they're getting a lot of um and um, in, not insults but they're getting a lot of uh, pressure because they've been saying false things they've been saying legit fake news and you know what was their excuse Fake news counts yeah, as freedom no of speech. Yo, this
0: Anything is some nineteen eighty four shit. Maybe we should read that.
1: I'm not double oh, speak, no. bro. I read that double book. That book is like for a long
0: nutty. time. It's really crazy.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so they're they're saying that. Then I was reading this other um <laughs> uh, this other John Oliver um uh video about uh
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, we got kicked off. We're back. FBI agent, there's no stopping us. We're getting (laughs) this
1: information out there.
0: So, Steph, what were you saying about Fox?
1: Oh, that they're, um, they're justifying their fake news and all their false claims as freedom of speech. So it's protected. That's terrifying. I don't know if it's legal or not. I don't know. I really don't know, like, the whole freedom of speech text in the, cons- whatever it is, but that's what they're claiming, so.
0: Well, the thing is, there's freedom with, like, the news, there's freedom of speech, and then there's freedom of press. So yeah. So, it's, like, a double, like, they have, like, I guess they feel like they have, like, double protection. But then that's why it's so important to have like integritist journalists.
1: Yeah, well not here apparently. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um have you guys ever seen that little chart that it cut kind of, it tells you um where on the political spectrum certain news outlets fall? No.
2: Yeah, it's really useful.
0: It's super useful, but yeah, basically, um, tend to stick with like political, PBS, <laughs> BBC, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool chart. It it like shows you like set like so many like dozens of media outlets, and it'll t- t- like tell you it. Like, it's like a little graph that shows, like, okay, like, if it's, like, left-leaning, if it's more moderate, if it's um, right-leaning. It's really good. It's a really useful tool. And they update it every so often. So, it's not, like, just, like, oh, yeah, something from, like, two years ago. But, you know, like, these things can, like, change. So, they update it every so often. So, I like it. It's cool. I'll share it, you guys, on the Instagrams. But um, any other thoughts about the book? Everyone should read it. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. It's <laughs> such a great book. Um, well, if there's nothing else, okay, we we're gonna close it here. Mm, for next for the next episode, we are gonna be reading. Um, we're going to be reading The Great Panic and Turning the Tide in World War Z. I'm um, very excited because the this is like, I feel like the action-packed part of the book. <laughs> so it's really, it's so interesting. It's really good. Um, I can't wait to discuss it with you guys next week. Um, remember to check us out. On Instagram at Sugarbee Podcast Miami, if you want to hit me up on the snaps milliliter twenty three. If you guys have questions, comments about the book, suggestions for any other books we should read, please like shout us out. Um, thanks, Steph. Thanks, Addis, for joining me for reading this book with me and discussing it's so great um you know gotta keep busy gotta keep the mind fresh right gotta keep some clarity on our present situations i think this book is a great selection for that so thank you thank you (laughs) I'm just like I'm like are you guys gonna leave me hanging you're welcome no problem (laughs) I kind of want
2: to sing um, thank you for being a friend like the golden girls intro
0: oh I've never seen it
2: what that's a good song though (laughs) I've
0: I've never like yeah I've never watched that show
2: I'm going to send, you, look
0: up I'm that gonna song send you that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Please.
2: Please send it. <laughs> Please send it. It's
0: catchy. <laughs> All right, guys. So I look forward to catching up with you guys next week on this next part of the book. Can't wait. I'm excited. Let's try to keep ourselves sane for the rest of the week <laughs> and um, see where this reality show takes us. <laughs> Sad, sad. <laughs> Alright, you guys. That's Alright. Bye. Bye. bye.